G'day everyone, Leighton Walker here of Golf Club Talk UK, but also a good buddy of Gabe Aloisi. So I've stormed the private club radio studios for this episode. Um, well, actually no, I haven't. I'm, I'm sat here in my uh, home in the Cotswolds in England, uh, but you get the idea anyway. This is the 200th episode of Private Club Radio, a uh, landmark occasion, and uh, we thought uh, we'd do something a little bit different this show. So I'm going to be hosting, I'm going to be talking to my good buddy Gabe Aloisi, and he's going to tell us a little bit about those first 200 episodes. So here we go with episode number 200. Right, everyone, here we are for episode 200 of uh, Private Club Radio, um, an amazing effort from the great man, Gabe Aloisi, and uh, he joins me here to talk a little bit more about it. So, uh, Gabe, welcome to your own show. It's cool to have you hosting this show. It's great to hear your voice, sir. No problem. Take the pressure off you for a change, hey? So, uh, <laughs> 200 episodes, that's a lot of Mondays of committing to getting an episode out, um, getting the content together, doing the editing, um, finishing it off, and then getting it out on the Monday. So uh, tell us a little bit about that, Gabe. That must be, uh, at times, some good pressure that just keeps you going and and make sure that things happen, yeah? We're recording on Monday right now, and I have yet to actually get the episode out. This is very late in the day for me. It's, It's already 10.30 my time. And generally, I try to get these episodes out around eight o'clock in the morning. I guess that's the beauty of a podcast is there's no strict deadline, but I do like to make sure that we get them out early in the morning so that if people are commuting to work, they get to listen to the show. So this is this is actually a rarity late that we're chatting and the episodes hasn't dropped yet. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to uh, get your tail into gear when we get off here then. Um, so... Uh, Amazingly successful show, Gabe. It, it's gone from, from strength to strength. Uh, I'm sure you've really enjoyed doing it, but obviously everyone's really enjoyed listening in out there. And I know your listenership has, has grown significantly from when you first started nearly three, well, nearly four years ago now. Um, tell us a little bit about some of your stats, Gabe, and, and how things have grown and, and the type of numbers we're looking at now. Just looking at the first month ever of, of Private Club Radio, because I was trying to compare it to this YouTube project I've got going on. And our first month, we had about 430 downloads. Now, when we released the show, there was three episodes that came out. There was Rick, Rick Coyne, um, Dick Coplin, and my friend Dan Schmitz from KE Camps. And those three episodes dropped at the same time. So basically, if you were to... De- to kind of divide that out about, let's say, give or take 150 downloads uh, per show that first month. Um, now on, a, on an average month, we're generally getting about 2,500 downloads. So wow. it's, it's definitely a significant increase. To date, there's been well over 60,000 unique listeners. So that's different people out there that have li- listened to the show. And I think we're about to break the 100,000 mark in terms of downloads all time, which I'm really proud of because it's such a niche show. I talk to podcasters all the time at these podcasting conferences and they've got millions of downloads, but for a really small industry, and I would say, hey, there's 7,500 give or take private clubs in the world. And if we've had basically 10 people from every club listen to the show, I'm really proud of that stat. So yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been quite the journey. Yeah, that's amazing. 
And I, and I guess the challenge uh, is to try and get out into as many different parts of the the club industry as possible, right? So it's not just general managers listening in. You've you've maybe got board members or food and beverage staff or professionals or or uh, course managers, whatever superintendents, whatever it may be. Um, have you got some sort of evidence that that's happening, Gabe? Is there more and more people listening in from different parts of the clubs? I, I get everything, like you said, from the superintendents to the bag boys to the head professionals to the food and beverage folks, and that's what's been really nice. Actually, from it's been nice not not just for for them, but for me actually, because I remember when I first started the show, you know, ha- having no idea where this thing was going to go. I thought maybe you know maybe I'll get twenty five thirty episodes in, and I'll, I'll what am I going to do if I don't know what to say or talk about anymore? Well, luckily for me, uh, the clubs are so complex. And, you know, we've covered everything, like you said, from governance, things that board members would want to hear to agronomy on the show. We've talked about uh, applications and technology and all these different membership and marketing tactics, food and beverage tactics, how to make your club club or pro shop a great place for people to walk into. And, and it's been it's been amazing to be able to find these people and have them come and reach out to me as well. To come on the show and and talk about their little niche within the club industry, so it, it's kept it's kept the show going, and somehow we've been able to do two hundred. So <laughs> I'm uh, I'm pretty thankful for that. Yeah, and I think I think you know from a personal point of view, and maybe I echo the thoughts of some of the listeners. One of the things I've enjoyed is even sort of diversifying out a little bit now, and in, in looking at things like the mindset and and things like that. It's not just about the technical aspects of of running a club. It's how people in the industry can improve themselves and their mindset as well, which is which has been great. I think that goes back to my core philosophy in in creating content or business in general, whatever you want to call it. But I, I, I know in my agency, I'm in I'm in the challenge solving business, is what I say. You know, I'm not a we're not a marketing agency, we're not a graphic design agency. We're in business to solve people's challenges. Similarly, in terms of the show, my show is not. Um, not just to give you ideas and inspiration, which it certainly is, but beyond that, it's to solve your challenges. And when I when I see the challenges that people in the industry have, especially general managers and membership professionals, challenges that they're having in terms of time management, in terms of stress, in terms of trying to get through the day and put out all sorts of different fires, I've, I've thought about what kind of guests could we bring on that could help people solve those real deep-rooted challenges that they have. And it's, it's been pretty fun. We've done all sorts of things from having people talk about uh, mindset to people who talk about goal setting and high performance and all sorts of topics that, like you said, aren't necessarily directly related to clubs, but at the core they are. Yeah, so valuable, I reckon. So, Gabe, I thought what we might do today, is I think it was about 100 episodes ago now. In fact, it was 100, exactly 100 episodes ago now that you had Rick Coffey on the show hosting. And uh, I think you might have run through some of the highlights of the first 100 episodes. And I thought it would be wrong if we didn't do that for the, for the latest 100 episodes. So um, let's explore that a little bit. And I just want to sort of dig into your mind and, and uh, see what you thought some of the highlights were back over those 100 episodes. So let's start with your favorite episode. What you got there, Gabe? Favorite episode was Stuart Gillette from Golf at Goodwood. It's uh, episode number 153. And Stuart just gave some incredible advice about how do you take the golf experience and elevate that? 
And he just did such a great job at that club. It continues to do such a great job. I think it's an episode that everyone's got to go back and listen to and hear Stuart's advice. Yeah, I happened to be at Goodwood last week playing golf with Eddie Bullock, actually, and uh, witnessed some of that firsthand. Yeah, it really is a, a great club with a, a really good atmosphere and good, good feel about it. Let's go and check out that clip now. You know, the aristocracy always looked after their dogs and horses better than their people and their, and their guests, and, and, and they did. Wow. And so that is, you know, the kennels is, you know, has become an iconic part of Goodwood. Yeah. And, you know... I just love the way you've embraced we, it. You, yeah. Absolutely, you champion it. You know, yeah. dogs, you, you know, dogs are in, dogs are welcome. We, do we sell a dog membership? <laughs> You'll see downstairs are hand-painted dog bowls. So the dog members have their own dog bowls. We it. allow dogs on the golf course. You know, and that is, it's embracing it. It's embracing that history. It's embracing that heritage. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then you're able to use that to develop that brand. Mm-hmm. brand. And yeah. I think that, you know, the, the woody buggy is absolutely iconic. It is, it is something that, it's, well, it is totally unique. Yeah. And, you know, it is unique to Goodwood. And it is something that um, we're looking to develop more and more in terms of that iconic brand statement. Yeah, you've done it well with like your apparel and the merchandising yeah. in the in the in the clubhouse. And I was, I'll just note for the listeners that I love the way the 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 quote unquote pro shop, even though that's not what they call it. They call it the shop. Um, it's there's a fireplace. There's leather chairs to relax. There's very few items. It's sparse, but there's just enough. And I love the way you've used the buggy and you've used the dog logos on the merchandising to really tie into the, to the brand itself. So a question on that I ask, I do a lot of um, logo design and redevelopment in my company. And the question I ask, I call this the interview question. What are the three things that you want folks who come and interact with you to take away? What's that lasting memory? So I'll ask you that question. What's the lasting memory or or, that you want people when they leave Goodwood to have? Relaxed, fun, and memorable. I, I I think that's, that's, what I think that's what people do take away. Yeah. I think we're, I always sort of say that from a golf experience, we're able to surpass people's expectations. The most surprising episode, Gabe, is there something that jumps out to you there and, and uh, maybe just took you a little bit by surprise? Surprising episode was probably when I, and I was just up visiting Atlanta and I decided to call my good friend, Michael Crandall, CNG. And we impromptu just hopped in his convertible and he started talking about membership and how do you take a club from uh, a membership number and, and immediately put that club on a wait list. And it was just a really entertaining, it was somewhere between three and five minutes, just a very quick discussion that we ended up turning into an episode. And that, that surprised me because I didn't see that episode coming. And we were just two guys out having fun driving around in his convertible around Georgia and uh, just had a great time. If I remember, there was a video of that as well, wasn't there? My YouTube channel as well. And, That's uh, right. So if yeah. you want to check out Mike, Michael's convertible and see it in person, you yeah. can watch it's the like show. Like a, a very <laughs> nice part of Atlanta, that as well. Some, uh, some nice homes around you. I'm here in Atlanta in Buckhead with Michael Crandall the illustrious Michael Crandall. And I've got a question for you. Um, you've got a theory on how to instantly, instantly get your club on a wait list. And I'd love to hear what that philosophy is, Michael. Well, many uh, many clubs have uh, club rules, bylaws that have been in existence for decades back when the original members came over on the Mayflower and things like that. 
and these rules, I particularly think caps on membership categories, may have been meaningful back then, and maybe not even then. But give me an example, um, you might have a club that uh, has a cap on their full membership, or whatever you call it, your club regulars. Or, and um, it's, say it's a, a cap of 600. And that 600 is not meaningful anymore. It, it, it's, in fact, it's meaningless. It's hurt, hurting you because in reality, maybe now after decades, you're down to maybe 278 members. That's what you really have. And the word gets out, oh, XYZ clubs, they're down hundreds of members. Um, what I recommend is that, um, first off, the number one asset, your goal of your club from a financial standpoint, you need to have a waiting list. You go, why? Because you can't raise your initiation fee unless you have a waiting list. Think about it. You just can't. You can't do it. So what I advise the clubs to do that have these decades-old caps, say 600, I'll say, how many members do you have? They say 275. I say, hmm, change your bylaws, change your rules, and put the new cap at 274, something less than 275. Uh, what that does immediately means you have a waiting list to get in now. Imagine that. The word gets out in the community then that, hey, boy, that club, that's great. I actually hear there's a waiting list to get in. It changes the whole psyche on how the club operates. And, and, the, and so I recommend that very strongly. Uh, get rid of your old uh, bylaws and rules that are no longer relevant uh, for your club. First and foremost, uh, look at those membership categories themselves and then the caps established for them. Sage wisdom from the master there. And of course, you can find much more of that wisdom in the book, The ABCs of Plutonium Private Club Leadership available at plutonium.club. Go ahead and download two free chapters. We don't even ask for an email, just a gift that we want to give you. Enjoy the rest of your day, and can't wait to hear about the waiting list your club's on next year. Au revoir. What about um, moving to um, perhaps the best takeaway from the show, Gabe? So uh, I know that people must every week just take away things. There's some real gold that comes out sometimes that uh, I know I sort of latch on to. So for you, what was... What was your best takeaway from the last 100 episodes? Great friend of mine on. Her name is Diane Allen. And Diane came on and, believe it or not, kind of walked, walked me through a guided meditation on the episode. And I thought that was really unique. But it was such a great takeaway in the fact that you've got to just take a pause or take a break throughout the day to reset yourself. And I thought that was great information for anybody at any stage of their journey within the club industry to, to take that and do every day, just kind of take some time on your day, 15 minutes, 10 minutes, even five minutes, whatever it can be, just to take a pause and kind of reset yourself and re-energize yourself. That was, for me, it was a great lesson. So for anyone that didn't tune into that episode, we're going to go and play that clip for you now. I know you're a big proponent of the midday reset. So can you explain that philosophy to us? Yes, the midday reset is um, something I designed years ago running um, a large center for gifted people. Actually, that's when CNN came to um, interview me. and, And it was a very stressful work environment. I was the director. And so everybody was having a hard time getting through the day. So I said, okay, we're going to hit the reset button. And so what we all did is we stopped from 1 to one fifteen was the time I picked. You, you know, you could pick any time that works for you. And the phones were turned on, auto, you know, answering service. Everything was off, phone, everything. We all went into what was then um, like a meeting room. And we meditated and we relaxed. I played some very nice kind of ambient music. 
Sometimes I led a meditation, sometimes I didn't, but everybody had a chance to breathe and relax and just reset the day. And when we went out of that room, the mantra was the day is starting new. And so that was like the morning. It was like 9 a.m. again, even though it was one fifteen. And so what happened was everybody in that organization was more productive, was happier, stress levels went down, sickness went down, people wanted to be there. And in fact, the people who pushed back the most in the beginning missed it the most when I missed it, like if I wasn't gone or an emergency or something. So I do a mid-set midday reset for myself. It's even on my Meditations for Visionary Leaders podcast. I, I voiced one for people that several of my clients use over and over that take seven minutes. That's all it is, seven minutes. And stop. Just turn everything off for a minute. Stop. Sit back in the chair, relax, breathe for a second. Everything's going to be okay. That seven minutes is going to do nothing other than help you be more effective once you breathe through it and you let yourself reset and you come out of it new. Like, okay, it's first thing in the morning and now you're refreshed. Your creativity's there. Your mind's working. Everything's cooking right along. And people wonder how you can go so long. It's because you can reset anytime. Okay. So moving on, um, just through this one at the end here and just to, to, to escape and see if there's any moments that uh, maybe got a little bit weird. So uh, what, what was the weirdest moment on the show, Gabe? There's got to be something. I, again, I had, I had an interesting individual that I had met at a conference. His name was Jason Schneider. And Jason does a, a type of uh, it's not therapy, but it's like a, kind of a way to train your brain. It's it's called neuro-linguistic programming. And again, kind of unexpected, just like Diane's, Jason walked me through live on the show, unedited, I should say. <laughs> uh, Jason walked me through a, a technique on how to take a memory and and basically turn it from something that that really you carry with you like a burden and lift it off your shoulders. And I thought, I thought that was that was kind of a weird thing to have on Private Club Radio. I was even kind of worried about releasing that episode because I'm like, what will people think? Are people going to think I'm some, you know, hippie weirdo? Um, but I think I think it, that one was really well received as well. People seem to enjoy uh, Jason Schneider walking me through that live on the show. <laughs> no, that was that was great. It did did dig deep there, didn't it? <laughs> so uh, let's get out that clip now. Do you mind if I play with you for a moment, Gabe? Please do. That'd be fun. I'd love to. <laughs> cool. So do you have any memory that's like kind of comes up every once in a while? You don't have to tell me or the listeners what it is, but just have that memory kind of come up in your mind, something that kind of comes up every once in a while and bugs you and bothers you. Something that, that like happened to me that um, that disappointed me or something? Right. And, and something that it's kind of done and over with, but yet you still hold on to it in your neurology and every once in a while it still bothers you. Okay. I've got a, a many of those, but I've got one in particular I'm thinking of, and uh, I'm not shy, so I could share it. <laughs> okay. Lo- but you know, the, another cool thing is that we don't even need that information. Oh, so okay. a cool thing about the programming is that, is that it's more neurolinguistic programming and neurosemantics, which is my, my specialty field is that, that, um, that we don't even need to work with the content of the programming because if you got a program that processes, let's say you have an accounting software mm-hmm. and it processes the numbers, it doesn't matter whose data you're running through it, the program works just fine. Okay. If that makes sense. Perfect. So it doesn't really, uh, yeah, so we don't really need the content. But my question for you is as you think about that, how do you feel? Uh, I feel slighted. Slighted. <laughs> Wonderful. So, that's a perception that you have regarding it. You feel slighted. And let me ask you another question. It might be a weird question, but as you think about that memory, 
Um, as you replay it in your mind, there's one of two ways that you could have encoded that memory. So one way is that it's kind of like as you think about it, it's like you're there now reliving it. So you see what you saw, you hear what you heard, you feel what you felt just like you were in that moment. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And the other way is that you kind of replay it, but you're watching it kind of like you're watching a, a instant replay. So you see yourself over there, a younger version of yourself going through that experience. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so as you think about that memory, which way is it encoded? Are you stepped in like you're reliving it like now, or have you been watching it from the outside? Um, I'd say I'm probably watching it from the outside. Wonderful. So you see yourself over there and you go, that guy was slighted or you mm-hmm. feel slighted because you're there. Hmm. Which one was it? Um, I guess, uh, <laughs> I guess I feel, <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe I'm inside of it actually. Now that you, now that you phrase it that way, I guess I, I'm, I feel, feel slighted by, uh, re-experiencing it. Right. And so that's one thing is that the way you've languaged it lets me know that you were probably stepped in also okay. <laughs> to All the right. memory and right reliving on. it. That makes sense? Sure. Yeah. So do me a favor here. What I want you to do is I want you to kind of pop out of it so you can watch yourself over there experiencing it. Does that make sense? That younger version of yourself? So like separate myself from my ego, basically. Well, separate, basically the way you've been remembering it is you put on a virtual reality helmet and you mm-hmm. keep reliving that memory whenever it comes up and you go, ah, I feel right. so slighted. Okay. Yep. So how about instead of, instead of putting on the VR helmet, pop it out on a little TV screen out in front of you Okay. and watch it. So you see Gabe over there and the whole memory, play the memory, like it's a movie in your mind from the beginning to the end, but watch it from the outside this time and notice what else you can learn from this perspective. Okay, I guess I feel disappointed. I can see disappointment on my face. Okay, so you can see disappointment on your face. Do you notice the difference between feeling slighted when you think of the memory and seeing disappointment on your face? Yeah, I think I can separate that, yeah. So notice now when you watch the memory this way, how he over there is feeling slighted. Mm-hmm. How can you... <laughs> How do, what can you learn when you watch him feeling slighted? What can you learn about this whole kind of experience of watching your memory from a different angle that you maybe didn't notice two minutes ago? I guess maybe, you know, maybe I had too big of expectations at the time. Um, yeah, maybe I, maybe part of the problem was me and not the, the person or organization that I feel like slighted me. Awesome. And as you kind of watch it from over there, you go, part of the problem was him. What did he need to know or feel in that situation so that he could have been better prepared or handled that situation more effectively? I guess I shouldn't have built up my expectations so high or, or really placed all my eggs in that particular basket. Wonderful. And so recognizing that, when you think about the memory now, how do you feel? Well, I feel like uh, I, feel, I feel definitely a little bit more relief, absolutely. Wonderful. And so, like, obviously, we could go on longer here. We only have a couple of minutes. But so just by taking a moment to look at how you are encoding that memory, like when we started, you were stepped into it. Right. And you were refilling the the experiences from that unresourceful memory. It's not the best way to encode past memories that are unresourceful to Mm -hmm. relive them over and over again. Right. If that makes sense. Oh, absolutely. So one thing. 
Yeah, so, well, just through this little slight recoding of popping out of it, it gives you the freedom, the emotional freedom to learn from it so that you can better prepare for next time. And it makes sense, honestly, Jason, because like, for instance, I'm in a business mastermind group and a lot of times people will present a challenge and their challenge might be the exact same challenge that I have, but by me, you know, trying to help them with their challenge, it solves my own problem that I, that was already a block for me. So that that's kind of interesting how, how this whole process works. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. And the idea is that, you know, when we kind of, well, the idea behind this little slight little taste of how this, how this type of uh, psychological reprogramming could work is that it's a hundred percent that is that, well, by reliving it over and over again, we, when we're in the unresourceful state that we're not really able to access our highest and best resources right. in order to come up with a solution. All right, Gabe. So moving on to um, trying to extract some of the, the good stuff that you you've learned over your, the last 200 episodes and uh, really be interested to get, gain your thoughts on where you see the club industry at the moment 200 episodes like i say nearly four years it's it's quite a span in time i'm sure a lot of things have, have changed in that time and trends change and and uh, thinking changes so where do you see the industry at the moment and, and and where do you perhaps see it heading going forward i think the industry is right currently in a good place, but also in a, on a slippery slope, because I, I really think that there is, we've had a, a real good run in terms of the economy since the show started, basically, and even be, and before that, probably. But we've had a good decade's worth of economic growth around the world, and clubs have invested a lot of money and continue to put a lot of money, which you, you've got to do when the times are good. But I but I'm a little concerned that clubs maybe aren't planning for the future and they're not necessarily taking the right steps to set up in case there is some sort of a downturn. And I, I always think in my own business lately, like people call me when they call the private club agency for us to help with their marketing and their membership needs. They call when they really are desperate, when their backs up against the ropes. But I think that that's a mistake. I think that the time to really invest in in your membership development is when the time is good, when when things seem okay, because you want to set yourself up for for future success. So, in general, I think the club industry is in a good place, but I think it could be in a better place if they start to take the actions to really plan for the future. Now, in terms of golf, I think golf um, it's starting to make more strides. Since the show came, first started, Top Golf came out, and we were actually probably the first show or one of the first in the private club industry to shine a spotlight on what Top Golf was doing. And I had suggested probably two or three years ago that private clubs should start to think about putting some of those types of facilities inside their club. And now we're starting to see that happen, which I'm really excited about. I think in general, the club industry is always lagging behind technology five probably about five years worth. So again, I'd like to see clubs invest a little bit more in, in planning for the future in terms of their technology and membership offerings and in terms of their amenities. And to really, I guess my biggest advice would be to, to go attend a conference completely outside the golf industry this year. If you're a general manager and you're, you're used to going to the CMAA or some of the other industry conferences, those are wonderful. But I think that everyone should put it on their calendar just to find a conference that interests them outside of the 
outside of the club industry, whether that's a marketing conference, a technology conference, a trends conference, um, even maybe a hotel or hospitality conference outside the private club industry. And just look at what ideas are out there, what some of the unique things that are happening. Because I think so, so often managers, and you can tell me if, I'm, if, if you can attest to this, Leighton, you know, you're at your club and you're in the thick of things. You're putting out fires and you're, you're strapped for time. And you don't probably, I'm guessing, you can answer this, Leighton, but I'm, I'm guessing you probably don't take a lot of time really to just think about the stuff that's, that's coming down the pike. Would that be a fair assumption? Yeah, no, no, you're absolutely right, Gabe. And I think sometimes getting that sort of helicopter view is is difficult to do because you are so in the thick of it. And I guess that's where it comes back to that, that strategic thinking and, and getting boards right. thinking strategically, uh, getting a general manager in line with that. But it's really yeah. interesting going back to what you said at the start there about uh, things sort of moving with the economy. And, and I guess when you look at it, the whole economy out there, whether it's stock markets, property markets, whatever, they tend to move in in cycles. And I, I think when you probably stand back and look at it, I think uh, clubs, golf clubs, all clubs do as well. And you're right, we are going through a fairly uh, prosperous time at the moment. And, and you'd like to think that some clubs are sort of squirreling away a bit or, or preparing a little bit for, for a potential downturn. And that might not be for another five, six, eight years yet. But uh, yeah, certainly an interesting line of thinking. And I imagine there's been no studies done into this whatsoever, but uh, anyone that looks, looks at property cycles, stock market cycles, it's, it goes through good times and then it will go through some, some lean times for a while. So yeah, I, I certainly think we're going through a, a good time and you've certainly echoed that with your comments at the start there. And, and, and you know, I don't say any of this to be disparaging to anyone out there, you know, in terms of, you know, planning for the future. I just all I want is for, just for people to start thinking about it. just have it in the back of your mind. Take a few minutes every day just to think about what's coming down the pike and make sure that you're set up for that. And the and those are the those are the folks that are going to be successful, the people that don't do that, unfortunately. When if if and when there is a downturn, I should really should say when it's gonna happen, even if it's twenty years down the road. We can't what goes up must come down eventually. I think there will be a really big shakeup at that point because I think that some of the really aggressive offers that have happened while the getting was good um, are going to probably backfire on some clubs. So um, I, I don't mean to be, you know, obviously 200th episode, don't mean to be negative, but I, I just, I just want to encourage people to take the steps now uh, while, while things are good to um, start to plan for the future and what might come eventually. Very interesting stuff, and perhaps an episode in itself there, Gabe. And um, I know you, you love your podcasting. You, you mentioned to me, but you, you've mentioned on the show that you, you do attend uh, conferences on podcasting and, and uh, you really get a lot of joy out of doing it. And what about your thoughts on podcasting in general? Where do you see that sitting in the scheme of things in terms of an educational or information medium? Um, I, I certainly think it's, it's got a big future. And, and what's your thoughts there? The trajectory, if you look at the stats, is, is continuing to grow. There's more and more podcasts every every year. There's more and more people listening and adopting the medium. I love podcasting because it, it's something that happens uh, on demand. You can choose what you want to hear, when you want to hear it. I, I think more and more automobiles are getting built with, with these smart features, and lot less, lots of less people are turning off the radio. I'd love to see some Nielsen data on that, but I'd be shocked if there isn't much, much more digital consumption instead of the radio. 
Um, and I, th- I think podcasting is going to continue to be to be one of the most highly sought after platforms. If you look at like what influencers are doing, like the pe- people like Oprah or Tony Robbins or some of the big celebrity people out there, they're all moving into the podcasting space. And it's, it's just such a wonderful platform because it's, it's completely hands-off. You can listen to it and do something else at the same time. It's the ultimate multitasking content consumption platform because you don't have to be completely engaged. It can be in the background. And so I see podcasting continuing to, to keep growing and growing here into the future. Yeah, it's, it's definitely got that convenience factor, which seems to strike a chord with most people these days, doesn't it? And I guess while it's not going to replace certain things, but if you think of uh, hopping on a train or getting in your car and driving an hour to, a, to another club or a, a venue somewhere where you're going to, to watch a seminar or, or be a part of a seminar, then podcasting is just so much more convenient, isn't it? Like I say, they're not going to replace it, but uh, I think certainly everything's got its place. But I think podcasting is going to find more of a niche going forward. People don't really talk about, but you know, there's severe eye strain from just looking at a screen all day. If you're staring down at your cell phone all day long, or you're watching uh, video content or reading blogs or reading the newspaper, your eyes after a while get strained. But if you're still trying to increase your knowledge and, and, and consume more content, a podcast is a great way to do that and, and kind of give your eyes a break. So what's next for Private Club Radio, Gabe? Well, I want to keep, continue to, to, to reach outside the private club industry and bring in some unique topics. Um, also thinking about, thinking about it in the, in the early stages of maybe bringing on a co-host uh, who may eventually take over for this show. But I know, I, know uh, I, I might scare some people if I, say, if I say that or make any announcements about that. But just thinking about it, it's time, it's time after 200 episodes to change up the, the format in one way or another. So I'm trying to get a little bit more creative on what we can do to make this show a little bit different here in the future in the next hundred episodes. I guess there's only so much of you, right, Gabe? <laughs> I am putting a lot of focus on the, on the YouTube channel, and so I hope folks will go over to yeah. letsplaythrough.com and check that out. But the podcast is an integral part of, of getting, getting the message out, and so that'll never go away. And is there any, any guests that you'd really love to get on the show? Someone that you just think, oh, if I could get them on, that would be uh, great. Any, anyone in particular that you'd, you'd love to? I guess that's a good question. Uh, maybe Donald Trump, just because he's such a polarizing figure and he loves golf and, and he owns private clubs. You know, I think that would be quite, quite the uh, get if I were ever to get the president of the United States on the show. It, that would uh, yeah that would be a good one that would be a good one it would shake things up yeah. it would <laughs> and what about you Gabe uh, what about yourself personally I know um, you've got a great family around you I've met, met all your family and in fact uh, two of them have been on the show Anna and, and Lucas uh, I think Marco declined on contractual <laughs> I believe it's, yeah uh, a big appearance fee <laughs> What's happening at the moment? You, you must be enjoying life, having a couple of young kids, and uh, hopefully you're still managing to play a little bit of golf as well. The only golf I'm playing right now is on the show. But yeah, I'm trying to bring... My kids are growing up pretty quick now. They're three and six years old. And so I'm trying to bring them as much as I can on some of these trips that I'm taking when I'm speaking at conferences or traveling around. So it was kind of fun. You, you got to hang out with them when we were in Northern Ireland. 
Um, so they came along with me for that trip. And, um, and uh, my wife came with me when I was at the CMAE in Spain. Um, so trying to, trying to get them as much as possible uh, along for the journey because this, the, the moments are precious. And anyone who's got young ones knows that they grow up really quickly. And so I'm trying to enjoy the moments that I have with them. Perfect. Nice way to end. Uh, great having a chat with you as always, Gabe. Um, on behalf of everyone who's ever listened to the show, I think we owe you a, a huge debt of gratitude, uh, your commitment um, and loyalty to the show and, and great content that you put out there is, is really well received by the whole industry. Um, I can certainly attest to that. But uh, thank you for everything you, you do, Gabe. Uh, please, please keep it up. We hope we don't see you depart the show too soon but i think we're going to be seeing you in many other guises anyway aren't we but uh, anything you want to leave us with just before you go listeners i mean the show exists because of the of you who listen to the show and i appreciate folks like yourself late and, and others in the industry that make sure that they tune in every single monday to listen to it it's an honor that you spend a half an hour or an hour of your day every week with me and and like I said, we're all so strapped for time. Time is precious and attention is precious. It's such an honor that you would spend 30 minutes with me. And so thank you for listening to the show, everyone who's listened. Great. Thanks, my man. Here's to the next 200. And uh, thanks for being on your own show, Gabe. And uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you so much.
Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Visit concertgolfpartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.